Welcome to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. A wise man, Lewis Carroll, said that if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. But this might not be good enough for a map. My name's Adam Mullet, and this is episode 13 of Location Matters. Today, I'm joined by Executive Director of NGIS, Richard Bentley, and Managing Director, Paul Farrell. And today we're talking about what is the purpose of a map, and why does a map actually need a purpose? Well, at the end of the day, a map is a communications tool, and like any good communications tool, you need to be understanding what you're communicating to your audience. So creating a map without a clear understanding of who you're communicating to and what you're trying to communicate to them uh, is going to end up with a poor result. So the purpose is extremely important. And sometimes that's what goes missing with uh, map-making professionals is they just go head down and start creating maps without actually thinking about who they're actually delivering it to and end up missing the mark. I think that happened when we first came into internet mapping because we could have all the layers of information uh, there available to us and we'd like to see it all on at the same time. And it was, it just, like you were saying, it, it lost its message. You know, we could see all of the topographic data overlaid with, you know, mineral sampling and geological profiles and and just it just it just became so noisy the message was completely gone but and but that was technology's i think that was technology's fault because it was so easy to integrate all of these different data sets uh you know when we were doing uh, hand cartography back when i was a a young lad wet behind the ears it took so much effort to combine those data sets you picked the data sets so carefully that you were going to integrate um, and to deliver a message, you know, we had tourism maps, we had cadastral maps, we had um, topographic maps. They were all different versions of the of the same base to give us context. But now it's just like there's a plethora of information yeah. out there, and you lose you you do you you lose track of what's going on because everyone wants to add all the information and show off how brilliant you know all the data sets they've got are, but. Unless you've got uh, some sort of skill behind it, it's really difficult to get to make that um, the answer pop. Yeah, it's, it's it's a really good point because the science behind making maps back in the day was a cartographer. That's what they did. They made maps, and when the internet came along, you're right, Rich. What happened was the art of cartography for a period of time was lost because you could get away with throwing lots of different data on there, and you had any any Tom, Dick, or Harry creating maps. But what you ended up with was confusion. And what is the message? You know, lots of layers of information. What are you actually trying to What, what are you trying to prove? That is actually the real when when you look at a, a map like what Google produced. At the end of the day, they've produced a very very clever cartographic product. It's an online map. It's a very clever cartographic product, and the ability to zoom in at different layers and have different information pop up. It's a very cleverly constructed and designed cartographic product. And um, the art of cartography still exists because at the end of the day, that's what cartography was about. It was actually working out what what are you trying to communicate and how can I do this in a simple way but have enough detail in there that it's it's meaningful. 
Do you think maps now are probably worse than ever now? You're saying it's a, the fault of technology. You say it used to be so easy. Well, it's never been easier. Is it worse now than it ever was? Or Look, I think, uh, you know, following from what Paul said, uh, Nat, he made a good point around the, the Google map. It's understanding what information you're going to portray at what scale that you're looking at a map at. You know, so you don't want to see all the cities of the world uh, when you're looking at the globe. You want to see the cities in an area that you're interested in. So, and they've done it. They've done it brilliantly. I think um, you know having the information there when you need it. But sometimes Google, and it annoys me a little bit, and I'm going to vent a bit here. When you zoom in, it doesn't show you the road name for the road that you're looking for. It's got there must be a filter there, the Richard Bentley filter that they have <laughs> specifically to annoy me. Uh, so that I can't see the road that I'm looking for. There's either traffic obscuring it or something else. But, yeah, that aside, yes. What about the Paul Farrell filter? No, there is no filter for me. I'm, I'm <laughs> not required. <laughs> you, you, you asked if it's got better. I actually think we went through a period of of uh, of, of ugliness, and it was probably the early 2000s, early to mid-2000s. I think what Google and others, once once... Uh, computer mapping became more mainstream then you got people like uh, Google setting a standard and then people go hang on what we having before that was ugly oh we need something like that but also as it started getting into the hands of your marketing agencies and those sort of stuff then they came from a, from a design point of view and they weren't coming up from a how clever am I how many layers of things can I put on here because I can they were looking at it from a communications point of view so they simplified it so now you were just getting the information the end user needed. So those two things sort of have now raised the bar and now people are professionals in this industry like us, we had to match that. And that's at NGIS, that's what we pride ourselves is actually matching that standard. Yeah, I think adding to that, I mean, it's a great segue to talk about, you know, companies like Cardo who are, who are really, really good at displaying one message on their map you know they blank out the the base map is just a black out silhouette or an outline of a, a country and then they paint on the specific bits of information that they really want you to focus on and that's that's it's almost full circle we've we're almost back to where we started you know where we've got a blank sheet of paper and we want to create a message or portray a message to someone and they're doing it and they're doing it really well and they haven't come from a cartographic background they've come from sort of that 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 marketing, you know, tell me some, you know, tell me a message type approach, which I think is really exciting. Sometimes, as you mentioned, maps don't have a clear purpose. What happens when a map doesn't have a clear purpose, and what are some of the telltale signs that someone might have fallen into this trap? Uh, the telltale signs would be uh, someone looking at a map uh, with a blank look on their face after a period of time, maybe start scratching their head, wondering what are they looking at? <laughs> uh, losing interest. Um, I saw a classic map the other day that was going to be put into an annual report and I just went, and, and this is an annual report that's not about maps and stuff, they just happened have, to have a map because it was a graphic and I went, please, no, don't put that in there. <laughs> it just looked terrible. But because it was the only graphic they had, they just they were, they were going to go with it. I said, no, 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 don't do anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you're going to – you'll find uh, you, you, a map without purpose um, will leave the end user confused. A map without purpose is a map without friends. 
you know, you won't want to give it to anyone. Wow. I think the other thing, I'm a human fortune that's a cookie. Hit, that's a <laughs> no, I think one of the other things is if the person's actually reading the map with earmuffs on, you know it's a bad map because it's just so noisy. You, there's so many things coming out at them. There's not one message. You can have one or two messages in a map and that's it. I mean, you look at a, a map for a theme park, it's all about the rides. How do I get from one attraction to the next attraction? And you know how long it might take, and that's it's it's like a it's a cartoon basically, but it tells you exactly what you need to know: where the food is, where the toilets are, you know, how, where do I line up, uh, and how do I get my tickets? It's it's yeah. it's a perfect thing. Good maps are all about the the uh, the science of simplicity and making sure you're only portraying the information that you actually need to communicate the message you're trying to communicate. So you almost have to be clear in your own head what you want someone to do before you make the map. That's right. Exactly. You need to be clear. And like Lewis Carroll says, if you don't know what where you're heading, any road will lead you there. Uh, you need to have an idea where you're heading with a, with a, with a map before you start. Just like like any form of uh, business intelligence trying to communicate, whether it's a, a graph or even creating a document, if you don't have a clear sense of purpose in your mind about what this thing's going to be, well, you're just going to ramble along and, and maybe luck will get you there, but um, probably not the best way to secure a definite outcome. In the age of user experience and well-designed apps, I hope this question is redundant, but should you have to explain the purpose of a map to the user? No. <laughs> Did you like the pregnant pause there, folks? That was for effect. Um, but I've said yes, no, maybe, um, because there are some there are some maps where at first uh, at first review of that map it might be complex because the person, you know, if they're highly technical maps. Um, you know, they might be looking at, uh, you know, paleo channels or, you know, groundwater or whatever it might be, but the average user might not understand that. So explanation, I think, would go with uh, the more complex uh, the more complex maps that you that you might want to uh, share in a scientific forum, say, rather than just as a, as a general community comment. I would actually say definite yes. And when I say definite yes... A map in the traditional sense, when it was paper, would include more than just the map. It would actually include a title. It would include some explanation as to the colours and symbols you're seeing. So I think a, if, you, if you call that a map, uh, it doesn't matter whether it's on an internet site or whether it's elsewhere. It should, once you see it, with all the information that's included in it, including text information explaining what it is, it should be self-explanatory and informative to the person actually reading it. Yeah, that's a good point, Paul. Yeah, I like that. If you're new to creating maps, you might not know whether you've got a clear purpose or not. I mean, could you give some advice perhaps to someone? Is, is there some sort of test that they can run um, to tell them when they've reached that clarity? Oh, well, look, I don't think anything's changed from way back when myself and Richard were making hard copy maps. And just think about the process, Rich, we used to go to. You'd, did you make a hard copy map? I did make a hard copy map. I probably made some for you. You just don't remember. <laughs> they were probably too complicated. Um, so I didn't get the messaging. <laughs> but if you remember, you would uh, you'd sit there and you'd be given some basic instruction 
and then you do your best job and then you go back to the person and say, what do you think? And then there'll be a whole load of red ink all over this mm. thing saying, I didn't mean that. What the hell, What's that doing there? I forgot about that thing. So I think nothing's changed. It's an iterative process of of making sure it's communicating the right thing because it's there's a bit of interpretation there. No different to a website. You have a go, review. Have a go, review. Refine, refine, refine. You get it right. All right, just to end the podcast, tell me, guys, do you have any maps that you love that um, you could recommend to others that have a clear purpose? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with this one, uh, and I'm going to use an NGIS example. A map that we've made that I actually really love is Coastal Risk Australia. So it's coastalrisk.com.au, and it does one thing. It shows you the risk of sea level rise in an area that you care about. So using a Google map, you can zoom into a... Uh, to, a, to a suburb that you care about or to, you know, your favourite fishing spot and using the best modelling available, you can tell whether or not it's going to be underwater due to sea level rise by 2100. So that's that's my um, clear map for today. Richard, do you have a map that you really like uh, that has a clear purpose? I do. It's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a strange one and we thought it might have been on the edge of being a map, but it's, it's called... Uh, stuff in space map and it's basically all of this all of the satellites and and redundant pieces of equipment and space junk that are orbiting the earth and if you go to that site it will absolutely scare you as to how much material is floating around our planet and we're going to be putting you know some rockets up there and elon musk has stuck a car out there and it's going to mars uh, we've got virgin running you know uh, subspace uh, rocket programs as well there's just yeah there's a lot of stuff out there to miss that's flying around really quickly <laughs> yeah they'll need all good bumper bars won't they um <laughs> <laughs> Paul is the father of two and has permission to make those sort of jokes. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. <laughs> Speaking of father of two, my favourite map, my favourite map is actually an app. Uh, it's a map I've got on my phone, which uh, helps me work out what I'm seeing in the sky at night. It's a stargazer map. And it's the most fascinating thing because it, it's basically augmented reality. You You, you point your phone up at any one time and look up and it'll tell you what you're looking at with your your phone so it's just it's just fascinating because you see bright things in the sky and you wonder what is that and and it's it usually the brighter ones are the other planets but you don't know which planet it is just because it's red it's not mars sometimes it's venus so just find that fascinating and also the ability to actually look through the earth and go where's the moon where's the sun right now Uh, myself and my kids have a lot of fun with that Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. If you want to subscribe, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or Spotify. You've been listening to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS covering the world of mapping and location technology. To find more episodes or to read our blog, check out our website, ngis.com.au.